0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The distrust of the federal government uh, is at an all-time high. Taiwan has demonstrated incredible restraints. For the FBI to do what they did, when clearly 50% of America strongly supports Donald Trump. End this pandemic and prevent it from happening again. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. My uh, producer, Clark, just told me we are in uh, Facebook jail. Oh, YouTube jail. We're in YouTube jail because uh, yesterday they said we talked about election fraud. Actually, I think I did mention, was that yesterday? I think it was yesterday that I mentioned That I didn't believe that there was that the last election was fair. I I, I mentioned that sometime recently, but anyway, yeah, we are kicked off of uh, YouTube because of uh, we're not allowed to express our opinions here. It's called news and views YouTube, but we're not allowed to. Uh, Today is August the sixteenth. This is an interesting day. Does anybody know what today is in the annals of history, American history? This is, this is weird. I didn't realize this until I was reading an article earlier today. Three giants of American pop culture all passed away on August the 16th. Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. The Sultan of Swat, Babe Ruth. The King of Rock and Roll, Elvis Presley, all died on August the 16th. Franklin in 2018, Ruth in 1948, Presley in 1977. Um, Franklin and Presley, two biggest uh, singers, one female, one male in modern music history. And Babe Ruth remains perhaps the most celebrated athlete in American sports. Although by today's standards, someone that's real young probably doesn't even know who Babe Ruth is. They've probably heard the name but don't don't know much about him. Um, Franklin sold more than 75 million records. Rolling Stone called her one of the uh, 100 greatest singers of all time in 2008. She died uh, at age 76 after an eight-year battle with cancer. Uh, Elvis Presley died on this day in 1977 at his Graceland uh, mansion in Memphis, just 42 years old. How young that seems now. Um, He had 109 songs in the Billboard Top 100 charts. Recognized by the Guinness World Records book as the top-selling solo artist of all time, moving more than a billion units, a billion, with a B, units worldwide. He had 33 movies. I, I had no clue he was in that movie. He starred in 33 movies. Apparently, uh, 30 of them have <laughs> didn't play very long. He placed number three on Rolling Stone's list of greatest singers of all time. You know, he really did have a great voice. I mean, he really did. And uh, he, he, you stop and think about it. He did country. He did pop. He did uh, rock and roll. He did gospel. Uh, then J, uh, George Herman Babe Ruth, 1895 to 1948, dominated baseball. Really dominated baseball the way Tiger Woods dominated golf. Lorded over baseball and was the most popular sport in the nation. Uh, Best pitcher in his uh, early years. Helped the Boston Red Sox to World Series in 15, 16, and 18. Purchased by the New York Yankees in 20. Became a dominant slugger. Now, Take this, Babe Ruth. He topped the American League in slugging percentage 13 times. Home runs 12 times. Base on balls 11 times. Uh, led the Yankees to World Series in 23, 27, 28, and 32. In 1920, his first year with the Yankees, he hit 54 home runs. To put that in context, no other American League team, the entire team, no other American League team totaled more than 50 home runs that year. Babe Ruth, by himself, had 54. Uh, What's interesting, too, is that year he was on the Yankees in 1920, on this day, August 16th in 1920, New York Yankees pitcher Carl Mays threw a pitch that hit Ray Chapman in the head playing for the Cleveland Indians. He ended up dying of that. First and only individual to die from a major league pitch. That happened uh, 102 years ago today. So... Um, a day you might want to be cautious, August the 16th. Lots to talk about. Liz Cheney's political funeral might take place today, probably will take place today. Cheney will get uh, should get throttled tonight as uh, the state's GOP voters head to the polls to rid themselves of this liberal woman. 70% of the state of Wyoming is Republican. Donald Trump carried the state by 30%. Uh, she's going to get throttled. I mean, it's – stop and consider it. Now, you know, her big sneaky campaign trick was she was encouraging Democrats to – apparently it's an open primary, which that that's a whole different discussion. Uh, wh- why do we have open primaries? I, I do not understand at all why, if you're a loyal member of a political party, why you would let someone walk in the day of the primary – and say, you know what? I'm a Democrat, but I think I'm going to switch and vote Republican this go round. I mean, and apparently it is that quick. I don't think Wyoming's the only state that can do that, but uh, you can decide when you walk in the door. Why would you do that? And Republicans could say, "No, we're we're not going to participate in that." Uh, anyway, it 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 is probably um, her swan song. I, I'm sure. Based on what she has said, based on what her daddy's uh, TV commercial is, when she loses, uh, you know, she will go out as the martyr. You know, all these idiotic Republicans that uh, like Donald Trump, which again, uh, when when her dad and Liz uh, start besmirching Donald Trump and i'm paraphrasing but she said pretty much this and the morons that support them she's insulting a huge majority of her constituents in the state of wyoming so um but she'll go out as a martyr she'll say you know i i stood up for the constitution you know i i didn't let the you know i i i, I could have been reelected, but i was you know my principles were too whatever Goodbye, Liz. Don't let the door hit you in the fanny on the way out. Which, by the way, when it hits her in the fanny on the way out, she doesn't have far to go. Her husband works for a law firm in Washington, D.C. She's lived most of her adult life in Washington, D.C. And she will remain in Washington, D.C. after she loses and after she's out of office. Uh, By the way, speaking speaking of living in the area that you're running in. Now, this is in the News and Observer. They're not taking sides. And uh I, I will say this. Good friends with uh, Keith Kidwell and State Representative Bobby Haynick, who is running for Senate District Three in eastern North Carolina, uh, comes highly recommended from Keith Kidwell. Keith can't say enough good things about Bobby. Um the Freedom Caucus has endorsed Bobby Hanek for his uh, Senate race. He is running against a woman by the name of Valerie Jordan. Uh, both are new candidates for that district. Again, this very well could determine whether the Republican gain a supermajority this fall rather than just the current majority in the House and the Senate. Jordan, Valerie Jordan, who Bobby Haneck is running against, owns a home in Raleigh and lists a house in Warrington as her current address on her campaign website. She registered to vote in Warrington in December of 2020. Jordan's campaign called a complaint baseless. The complaint is Valerie Jordan doesn't live in the district. And again, she's saying, no, I own a house in Warrington. Uh, Bobby Haneck said residents of northeastern North Carolina deserve a senator who lives in the district and understands the challenges facing them, not someone who has lived in Raleigh for 24 years. I have lived in the district for 30 years, and I know the voters want a representative who knows the people, the communities, and the issues that matter to northeastern voters. Uh, he said that earlier today in a press release. Uh, Haneck of Powell's Point said voters in Senate District 3, deserve representation by someone, Republican or Democrat, who lives here and shares their values. I agree with that. And listen, I've said it on both sides. Hillary Clinton shouldn't have run in New York when she didn't live there. Liz Dole shouldn't have run in North Carolina when she lived in D.C. North Carolina election rules require General Assembly candidates to live in their districts for a year before the election. Jordan brought her house, purchased her house, in Raleigh in 1998. She has served on the State Department of Transportation board since 2017, and her Department of Transportation biography says she is a Warren County native and longtime Raleigh resident. Department of Transportation headquarters is in downtown Raleigh. Nathan Babcock, a political campaign consultant who previously worked for the Senate leader Phil Berger, Said the information came up in the opposition research typically done for campaigns. Babcock said that he and Dylan Watts, director of the Senate Republican Caucus, noticed that Valerie Jordan changed her address from a Raleigh home to her parents' Warrenton home. Babcock said they started driving. So apparently, I don't, I don't know if she she says she owns a home in Warrenton uh, again. Uh, according to um, the change of her dress, uh, it, it's her, her parents' home in Warrington. Babcock said they started driving by her Raleigh house every morning. It's a few minutes from his office, and the same car with the Department of Transportation tag was in the driveway. 23 states straight days it was parked in the driveway, he said. The complaint from Hanna claims that those 23 straight days were from July 20th, to august 11th 2022 i mean this is this is current this is this week last week and two cars with license plates that read d.o. d.o.t 5 and d.o.t 5a are photographed at the house her d.o.t board position is for division five hayneck is a state representative currently a state representative served two terms in the district including uh, curatuck dare Hyde, and pamlico counties Anyone that would suggest I don't live in Warrington clearly doesn't know Warrington, which is exactly what's wrong with Raleigh politicians like Bobby Hainik. Well, it sounds to me like the Raleigh politician is not Hainik, but Valerie Jordan. This is part of our state that has been left behind for too long, and I look forward to putting eastern North Carolina back on the agenda when elected. Well, (laughs) what exactly are you going to do to put it back on the agenda when you're elected? Because you're still at, even if you're elected, you're going to be in the minority. Jordan said that she was born and raised in Warren County where she went to school, put in tobacco here. I raised my daughter here. I did move to Raleigh for work years ago. I began commuting back to Warrington daily to take care of my dying mother caring for my mother while she was sick and deeply painful experience. But the support I received from my Warrenton family and friends remind me of just how much I love this community, inspired me, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I know neither one of these candidates personally, but uh, this is much too familiar of a story that you hear over and over and over again. Uh, opportunists that don't really represent the area. I, I, again, if this is true, opportunists that don't really represent the area just sort of parachuting in and listen Liz Dole you can say uh, you know well you know she was born and raised here Uh, she was born and raised here but she hadn't lived here for decades when she ran for the U.S. Senate I had a problem with that I have a problem with Hillary Clinton not living there I have a problem with Liz uh, Cheney I mean she hasn't lived in Wyoming she parachutes in and says hey I'm your representative Vote for me. Brings in all kinds of buku out-of-state bucks, and next thing you know, she's elected because people thought they were conned that she, they thought she was a conservative. Not so much. By the way, Breitbart, reporting on uh, former Representative T.J. Cox of California, was part of the blue wave election that brought Democrats and Speaker Nancy Pelosi back to power. He was indicted today on 28 federal counts, including fraud and campaign contribution fraud. And one of the things that he was uh, and, and this isn't he's not being charged with this in any criminal sense, but his principal residence apparently was in Maryland. And yet he parachuted into California and said, hey, elect me. Uh, He was elected, um, and now he is uh, probably going to be spending some time in jail. Uh, The Department of Justice said, according to allegations in the indictment, Cox perpetrated multiple fraud schemes targeting companies he was affiliated with, their clients, their vendors. Cox created unauthorized off-the-book bank accounts diverted client and company money into those accounts through false representations, pretenses, and promises from 2013 to 2018 across two different fraud schemes. Cox illicitly obtained over $1.7 and diverted client payments and company loans and investments, and he solicited and then stole. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, he's probably going to be uh, voting. Well, he's not going to be voting because uh, <laughs> he's going to lose his uh, right to vote as he sits in a uh, jail cell somewhere. Um, The guy he beat in 2018 was David Valadeo, and uh, he, by the way, won his seat back in the 2020 election. Um, And, of course, all these candidates, oh, these are false accusations. Oh, they have no merit. Oh, they're, yeah, whatever. Again, it it just, it it amazes me, and and it's, it's not exclusively on the Democrat side. But they seem to have uh, the ownership of it—is uh, saying one thing and doing something else. In the meantime, just shoveling money in your pockets as quick as you can—unbelievable! Hey, we got to take a time out. We'll be right back. The show. It really makes you think he is a genius. He's all powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 963 at 1037. Your weather outlook, considerable clouds this evening, and uh, stray showers possible, low tonight of 64 tomorrow sunshine with the clouds mixed in a slight chance of a rain shower of high of 83 partly cloudy tomorrow night a low of 62 Thursday partly cloudy skies a high of 85 and uh, some clouds Thursday night a high of uh, a low of 66 I should say uh, I'm enjoying this weather I'm enjoying the cooler days and much cooler nights whether brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Whether you're looking to spend your summer's poolside, courtside, or greenside, Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fee required. Remember, if you're headed down to the beach, pack your clubs. Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort, and Compass Point Golf Club and Magnolia Greens located near Wilmington. For more information, contact Membership Director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today, a part of the Renaissance Golf Group. Uh, More information on the 23-year-old who fell or jumped out of that plane on July the 29th. His name was Charles Hugh Crooks. Uh, he was the pilot that jumped to his death from a damaged plane on July the 29th. More information is now coming up. The National Transportation Safety Board released this preliminary report today. It describes information that they gathered but does not draw any conclusions. According to the report, the CASA-212 that Crooks was co-piloting had conducted two skydiving runs and was returning to Rayford West Airport to pick up a third group when it lost its right main landing gear during a hard landing. The pilot told the safety board that Crooks was piloting the plane at the time, but the pilot retook control and got the plane back into the air. The pilot then directed Crooks to declare an emergency and request diversion to the Raleigh-Durham International Airport for a landing. The pilot, who has not been named, continued to fly the plane while Crooks communicated with the air traffic controllers as they prepared to land at RDU with the right landing gear missing. About 20 minutes into the diversion, after they talked through the approach to RDU, Crooks became visibly upset about the hard landing in Rayford, according to the pilot. Crooks opened the side cockpit window and may have gotten sick, the pilot said. The pilot told the safety board that Crooks then lowered the ramp in the back of the airplane, indicating that he felt like he was going to be sick and needed air. The pilot said he took over radio communications as Crooks got up from his seat, removed his headset, apologized, and departed the uh, airplane via the door ramp. The report noted that there was a a hand bar within reach of the ramp. However, the pilot did not see Crooks' reached for the bar during his departure, according to the report. When the the plane made an emergency landing at RDU, the pilot was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. According to audio recordings of 911 calls and radio traffic, the pilot said Crooks had jumped out of the plane without a parachute. The surviving pilot reported potential coordinates of Crooks' location before landing at RDU, according to the 911 call. Crook's family has asked for people to focus on his love of life and flying rather than his death. He loved to fly. He loved his life in North Carolina, according to his obituary. Uh, He was exactly where he wanted to be, and what he was doing was exactly what he wanted to do. Avoid speculation on his final moments, which are so much less important than the nearly 24 years of joy and wonder that he brought to everyone he met, said his brother. Sad story, and, uh, yeah, I, I, sh- I should not speculate. We don't know what was going through his mind. If he was sick, we don't know. We, we don't know. We don't know if he passed out. We don't know if he jumped. We don't know if he fainted. We don't know. Uh, good advice from his brother. Town Hall is reporting, according to a, a uh, Department of Justice spokesperson, the three passports belonging to Donald Trump have been returned After they were improperly confiscated by the FBI during a raid at his Mar-a-Lago home last week, Trump reported the confiscated passports on Thursday. They were not itemized by the FBI as items taken. Quote, wow, in the raid by the FBI of Mar-a-Lago, they stole my three passports, one expired, along with everything else. This is an assault on a political opponent at every level never seen before in our country. Third world. Third world. Trump said Monday on, so- on Truth Social. Taylor uh, Butovich tweeted, it is clear that from the seizure of picture books to passports to attorney-client privilege documents, this is unprecedented and unnecessary and resulted in the DOJ being the ones in possession of items they have no legal authority to possess. <laughs> Great point. Members of the media claim the DOJ resources refuted the claim, but have not been uh, disputed, disproven. Uh, uh, Nora O'Donnell tweeted, according to a DOJ official, the FBI is not in possession of former Trump's passports. Now we know they were. But you know what? Mainstream media, they didn't have any problem immediately carrying the water for the DOJ and the FBI. Uh, This is how fake news works. Biden administration actively feeds half-truths and lies, and the media willingly amplifies advancing a partisan narrative to attack Trump. Bingo. And, you know, it's stop and think about it. I mean, when you hear these stories come out, it's almost, now it's instinctively that you don't believe it. But, you know, for so many years, it was a, a situation that if enough in the, in, in the major media outlets said it, you thought, well, there's got to be some credibility to that. Uh, don't believe it anymore. The passport's returns come less than 24 hours after DOJ prosecutors urged a judge not to release the affidavit that led to the re- uh, the raid. The affidavit supporting the search warrants um, presents a very different set of considerations. There remain compelling reasons, including uh, protecting the integrity of the ongoing law enforcement investigation that implicates national security that support keeps give, uh, keeping the affidavit sealed. DOJ presented to a federal court information about witnesses is particularly sensitive given the high profile na- nature of this matter and the risk that the re- uh, revelation of the witnesses identities would impact their willingness to cooperate with the investigation. <sighs> it- it's amazing to me how they want to keep everything secret for their protection But they're they're very willing to say all kinds of things about those that they're going after, indicting them, not only in the court of, uh, federal court, legal court, but in the court of public opinion. Uh, Interestingly, though, there's a new poll out, a morning consult poll. Now, this is a poll for Republicans only. In other words, who would win the presidential primary? Former President Donald Trump's favorability has increased since the FBI raid of his Mar-a-Lago estate last week, according to the poll. Trump uh, supporters expanding the former president's lead over Governor Ron DeSantis by 10 points, with an overall lead of 40 percentage points if the primary election were to take place today. With a 58% favorability among GOP voters, the polls showed Trump's highest lead on record since his 2020 presidential election loss. Likewise, 71% of Republicans say Trump should run for president in 2024. Trump's increasing support is to DeSantis's disadvantage, with a five percent point drop to 16% since late July. Think about it: is though? I mean, listen, I I don't get the impression that that bothers Ron DeSantis at all. I mean, Ron DeSantis has come to the president's de- the defense. I mean, there are stories out today. I, I haven't got any of the particular stories in my pile, but just going through, I mean, I go through dozens and dozens of stories each day. And there are several stories out about Ron DeSantis just coming to the defense of Donald Trump and going after the Department of Justice and this, what he called, a banana republic um, ploy, to go in and raid Mar-a-Lago. So if anything, Ron DeSantis is coming to the defense of the former president. Uh, if, if if he was a Democrat and he wanted a, a leg up on Donald Trump, he'd be siding with the Department of Justice. But quite frankly, he's got too much integrity to do that. Chuck Grassley is uh, asking questions. He sent a letter to the FBI once answers. Now, basically, his letter dealt with former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton receiving kid-glove treatment during the Bureau's investigation into her private email server. We talked about this yesterday. Especially compared to the raid of Mar-a-Lago. Clinton was subject to a lengthy investigation. At the end of the day, she was not prosecuted. Chuck Grassley, once FBI Director Christopher Wray, to answer questions about the FBI's handling of Clinton's investigation as well as the investigation into former President Trump in the wake of Mar-a-Lago. Now, the first thing that he is going to say is, well, it's an ongoing investigation. We can't talk about that. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday. Is that the reason why? Kash Patel said this on Sunday. We talked about it yesterday. Is that the reason why? they have gone in and grabbed all these documents from Donald Trump. Not that they're, it's illegal that, that, that he has them, but is this strong evidence that would indict all kinds of Obama officials and people related to the Hillary Clinton campaign, people related to the Obama White House, would that somehow be a smoking gun that indeed points to the fact that all this Russian collusion garbage was a a sham perpetrated by these people, would would this get them in legal trouble? Is that why they took these materials? Would there be more FBI folks in trouble? Is that why they took these materials? And the, the their answer is going to be, we can't talk about it. It's an ongoing investigation. The FBI's Clinton investigation looked into her use of a private email server during her time as Secretary of State It was hosted in the basement of her New York home. I thought it was in her bathroom, but anyway. Based on news reports, Trump had not been provided the same treatment given to Secretary Clinton and her associates. Grassley said, adding that he raised concerns in 2016 with Obama Attorney General Loretta Lynch about Clinton and her associates receiving kid glove treatment. The senator asked, did the FBI engage in the same conduct with respect to former President Trump and Mar-a-Lago? Why? If not, why not? Uh, here's the difference, though. Hillary Clinton had classified materials. She she had no power to declassify anything. Donald Trump, as president, had the power to declassify whatever documents he wanted to declassify. And as we heard from Cash Patel yesterday, before he left office, there were numerous items that he declassified and apparently he has the he has the power as the president it's it's almost like a magic wand that he can just wave his hands over these documents and said these are now declassified and indeed they are at that moment declassified so grassley wants some answers um i'm glad you're asking the question senator grassley unfortunately you're not going to get the answer we gotta take another time out stay with us more coming up This is your Drive at Five, and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Interesting story in the Daily Wire. Sororities at the University of Alabama have rejected the current political correctness. They've stuck together as they opposed a biological male attempting to join their groups. Again, this is a sorority this sororities are you know these these chapters of all females you've got a biological male who says he identifies as a female and they're so mean to me they wouldn't let me join <laughs> thank goodness these women are standing up with some sensibilities i mean listen there are plenty of women athlete out athletes out there who said okay if you want to compete fine. If you think you're a woman, fine. But I don't want you in the locker room changing in front of me and me changing in front of you. I don't want you competing with me. University of Alabama student Grant Sykes stated he attempted to join sororities but was unanimously rejected. According to Kick, Sykes posted his quest on TikTok, occurring several million views, But the sororities dismissed the idea of a man joining their groups. Unfortunately, this chapter is closed, Sykes complained on Instagram. Quote, this recruitment journey is over for me. Being dropped from my last house this morning during primary recruitment at the University of Alabama doesn't come as a surprise considering uh, out of most of 20 chapters, I was dropped by every single one except two before day one. Uh, why do you, that comes as a surprise. I am hopeful of a future where everyone is welcome for just being themselves everywhere, he preached. Listen, you are welcome into certain areas, but you're you're not, you're a biological male. You You don't need to be in the girl's room. You don't need to be in the sorority house. You don't need to be in the sorority. You don't need to be in the locker room. again, you know, the, the North Carolina bathroom bill, why didn't we stick to our guns? Sports commentator Clay Travis reacted to the sororities standing firm, quote, roll tide. Good for them for standing up to this absurdity. It is an absurdity. Good for the women at the University of Alabama, for the people who are advising them for them being willing to stand up to be called transphobic or whatever you want to say, I can't believe I have to say this. Men should not be able to be members of Alabama sororities. They shouldn't be in any sororities anywhere. And men and women shouldn't be in the fraternities. And by the way, if you're a straight guy living in a sorority house surrounded by smoking hot chicks, not the worst thing equipped. If you are a straight guy at the university of Alabama, And you were an undergrad and you got the opportunity to live in a sorority house. That's cooking with grease. That's pretty smart. As far back as 2016, a sorority at Tufts University um, offered a membership to a 19-year-old Harper Hopkins, a biological male. The sorority's national office was reluctant to offer membership. Cosmopolitan Magazine ran the story denouncing the sorority as inherently transphobic. I think they're inherently smart. Kudos I tell you what, people are going to start moving to Alabama. I mean, it, it, it is no doubtedly the most conservative state in the nation. And you know what? Alabama is doing just fine. The New York Post – do we have one more break before we have to get a break? We do. Okay, let's go ahead and take a break now. Uh, New York Post has got an interesting story on a social justice advocate who is uh, now complaining that uh, it's not proper that he was accused of rape just because – Some woman is accusing him of rape. Hey, he's a social justice warrior. Doesn't he get a free, get out of jail free card? We'll talk about that when we get back. News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. Interesting uh, meme by boat tort conservatives and independent thinkers. Um, They simply say, talking about the Mar a Logo raid, what if they aren't looking for incriminating evidence on him, but, but for incriminating evidence he has on them? Exactly. That's exactly what Cash Patel was saying over the weekend. New York Post is reporting a social justice advocate and former Boston prosecutor has been indicted for allegedly raping a woman in New York City in a hotel. This, according to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, this happened today. Adam Foss, 42, of Los Angeles, was freed without bail on his arraignment in a Manhattan Supreme Court where he pleaded not guilty to charges of first-degree rape and sexual abuse. Judge Curtis Faber. Granted him supervised release at request of prosecutors with condition he surrender his passport. Foss, a public speaker and founder of the social justice organization's Prosecutor Impact, is accused of raping a 25 year old woman while she slept at a Midtown hotel on October 21st, 2017. I guess there's not a statute uh, limitations when it comes to rape in uh, New York anyway. He and the victim had been calling and texting for a month prior to the date when he, she repeatedly rebuffed his efforts to have sex before the two fell asleep. Foss was giving lectures on criminal justice, um, then allegedly took advantage of the woman. Singer Reagan Seely in 2020 publicly accused Foss of raping her after the pair met at an event where she was performing and he gave a speech. A spokesperson for the DA's office said they couldn't confirm whether the woman was indeed Seely. Foss's lawyer, Robert Gottlieb, called the allegations preposterous and said the encounter was consensual. So he didn't say it didn't happen. There is evidence known to the prosecutors that even following the date at issue, the complaining witness sends texts and was sexting our client in the hopes of continuing a sexual relationship. Gottlieb also said the racial dynamics were at play, with his client being black and the alleged victim being white, the words, the accusations, the attacks on him reflect long-standing racial stereotypical attacks on a black man," Gottlieb said. "I would just say that's a pretty far-fetched defense at this point. So, you're uh, because of racial stereotypes, you're automatically innocent. The accused is automatically innocent. I'm not saying there isn't racial stereotypes. But is that your defense if you're guilty? The Daily Wire is reporting that the Biden administration is launching federal investigation into the Southern Baptist Convention, according to the church. Now, there are a lot of Southern Baptists in our listening area. You might want to pay attention to this. I give you another reason not to like uh, progressives. President Joe Biden's administration has reportedly launched an investigation into the Southern Baptist Convention over its handling of alleged scandals within the church. The SBC is the largest Protestant faith group in the United States and is among the mostly political conservative, as 64% of the church's members are Republican, according to a new report from the Pew Research Center. Listen, you can't read this article and not say that these progressives are continuing to attack their political opponents i mean look what the uh, irs did to conservative groups when they were looking to uh file for a tax-exempt status lois lerner in the irs and then again just over the last two weeks what happened down in mar-a-lago the sbc southern baptist convention Executive Committee recently became aware that the Department of Justice has initiated an investigation into the Southern Baptist Convention and that the investigation will include multiple SBC entities, the church executive leadership said in a statement. Individually and collectively, each SBC entity is resolved to fully, completely cooperate with the investigation. Again, uh, this is the same administration that went after parents who were uh, who uh, were at school board meetings and were making their opinions known when it came to pornographic books, when it came to men and boys in the girls' locker room, et cetera, et cetera, and they were considered domestic terrorists. Well, apparently now the Southern Baptist Church is full of the enemy. The news comes as the Biden administration authorized a raid on former President Donald Trump. Democrats in D.C. are pushing to add 87,000 new employees in the Internal Revenue Service. Uh, The SBC said they were already working on addressing past alleged instances of abuse as evidenced by a recent investigation they had completed quote, we recognize our efforts. The reform efforts are not finished, the church said. In fact, those efforts are continuing at this very moment as they recently announced Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force begins its work and as each entity has strengthened its effort to protect against abuse. Uh, they're working on it. And listen, people that have violated the law, whether they're pastors or not, they don't need to be protected. They need to be individually tried as as uh, accused potential criminals, I mean, if there has been sexual improprieties done, if there's been rape committed by a pastor, it doesn't matter whether a pastor or not, go after that individual. But why is the Biden administration apparently taking its Department of Justice and going after the Southern Baptist Convention? Uh, Again, here's an example of trying to kill a gnat with a stick of dynamite. They have no business doing this. Uh, go after the individuals. If you know an individual who's, uh, who works at the SBC, who's a pastor in the SBC, if you have evidence, go after him. But going after the whole organization, I think this uh, smells to high heaven, just as it did against the parents attending those public school board meetings. Hey, thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.